This is Horsepower Happenings. Every once in a while, you get to the racetrack, and that pesky little bug crawls up and bites you, and you go, man, I ought to dust off my driver's seat. No, I'll I'll never go back. uh, I'll never go back to full-time racing. I'm too old. I mean, there's there's some guys older than me still doing it. God bless them. Distinguished news, industry insight, and exclusive interviews. We wrapped it up at the end of last year. I will tell you this. We are going to run. You're the first person that's actually been told this officially. With Zach Heiser. Here comes Jared Horstman to the inside. He's got Max Stambaugh picked off. He's around Chase Ryan now. Jared Horstman up to third down the back straightaway. And Rich France. The number 11 Hilliker machine does have a flat right front tire, uh, some body damage. He may be able to come down into the hot pit and uh, replace his tire and get back out. Michigan Short Track Racing Authority. This is Travis Stemler. Joe Westbrook, driver of the Hills Racing 47 This is Barry Marlowe. This is 14-time ARCA champion Ron Allen. This is three-time dirt car UMP national champion Rusty Schlink. And this is Horsepower Happenings. Good evening, race fans. Welcome in to Horsepower Happenings on a beautiful Monday. We just came off of a real warm weekend around the Great Lakes region, and now we are all excited and fired up, ready to go for short track racing, and it's going to come our way very soon. Let's take a look at some things happening before we get into it in a Motor City Minute. Just weeks after his three-wide battle to the line and uh, near loss to fellow rookie Max Gutierrez, Sammy Smith found redemption Saturday during the Arkham Menards East Series Pensacola 200 at Five Flags Speedway. He also took the General Tire Pole Award that day to uh, go for the perfect sweep down at Five Flags. William Byron came from the 31st starting spot Sunday to win the Dixie Vodka 400 at Homestead Miami Speedway. Byron led the final 100 laps of the last 108 en route to the win by nearly three seconds over Tyler Reddick. Some five days before the event is even scheduled to take place, Duck River Raceway in Lewisburg, Tennessee, has pulled the plug on Friday's World of Outlaws Morton Building's Late Model Series event. As of now, though, the Tennessee tip-off event at Smoky Mountain Speedway is still scheduled to run on Saturday. And Portage, Michigan's Carson Hosevar has thrown his name into the hat of drivers who will race during the Rattler 250 at South Alabama Speedway on Sunday, March 14th. Hosevar has one previous start in 2018 when he finished 11th. Those things and so much more happening tonight on Horsepower Happenings. Glad to have you along. Good evening. I'm Zach Heiser. Rich France joins me from sunny, warm, um, party-like Florida. <laughs> Good evening. Party-like, party-like, right, Zach? Party-like. Uh, how How's everything up north, my friend? Um, <clears throat> well, it's not 75, and uh, my drinks don't have little umbrellas in them, but we're doing okay. Well, it's not 75 here either. It's like 85. So. <laughs> <laughs> and, and my drinks have fruit, and my doctor told me to eat fruit. There so you I'm go. Feeling, I'm feeling like I'm following doctor's orders. Hey, that's good stuff. Rich France, glad to have you along tonight. Thanks for taking time out of your vacation. Matter of fact, you took time out of your vacation enough to go to the races over the weekend. You know, Zach, I did, and it was, it was uh, really cool that I'm enjoying my time down here in southwest Florida. And I found time to do a little work uh, down here. So I headed over to Showtime Speedway in Pinellas Park, Florida for a big event on Saturday night. Um, On tap was the second annual Dave Steele Memorial 125 for the non-wing sprint cars, 125 laps, $5,000 to win. And then it was round two of uh, their super late model triple crown down here, 100 laps, $10,000 to win. And, uh, a guy you may have heard of, Zach, from our region, made the trip uh, down here by the name of Tyler Roerig uh, to compete in both events. The Super Late Models actually kicked off things uh, with Stephen Nassi and George Gorham Jr. leading the field to green in the Super Late Models. Gorham would pick up the race lead and would stay out front until lap 67 following uh, a caution flag. Nassi, who occupied the second spot uh, for you know, on the restart, uh, would get by Gorham and pick up the race lead. Three laps later, the caution would come out again. And on the ensuing restart, Gorham would work his way back around Nassie, this time drive away and pick up the $10,000 payday. Uh, following all of the excitement in victory lane, I caught up with George in, a, in post-race tech inspection. George Gorham Jr., almost let that thing start to finish yeah we had an awesome car tonight our car was super fast all weekend it's i mean we've been very close here numerous of times just bad luck snake bitten a couple times 
we've been uh, got into it a few other times with a couple competitors and didn't took us out for the lit win but uh man we had a stellar car lap 67 restarts steven gets by you caution comes out again a few laps later and uh you restart on the outside and you get back by him that was huge yes it was steven steven did his job he pinched me down got a good run off he cleared me he passed me I was, you know, wasn't going to be happy with second, but I was going to settle for second, like I said. Um, Steven's one hell of a race car driver. It's just, uh, it's amazing to be able to run with him, not touch. We, we race clean as can be, and we ended up uh, coming out first to second with nothing, no damage at all. Got to make you have a whole lot more confidence coming in, going into next week, the final, uh, the final leg of this Triple Crown. Yes, most definitely. Like I said, we've been super fast here. We just never been able to seal the deal, and tonight we sealed the deal. Who makes this all possible for you? You know, my biggest my biggest sponsor my uh, is my wife. You know, we, we work hard. We work day every week, paycheck to paycheck to do this stuff. This car is funded out of our own pockets. Um, we're always looking for sponsorship and some help. And, uh, you know, without Mike Garvey and Terry Seneca, we, this wouldn't be possible either. George, outstanding job. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you for the interview. And, Zach, uh, you know, as George stated, uh, Nassie had a solid run, finished in the runner-up position. And, uh, you know, I caught up with Steven to talk about his run, and we haven't talked to him in a while, so I also had a chance to talk about his uh, his performance at the World Series at New Smyrna. Man, solid car all day long. Uh, George just had a little bit more at the end. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Something something happened with our car there right at the end. I had had a lot of fun racing with George. Um, you know, he had a good car tonight. That definitely uh, showed at the beginning. Uh, I was trying to kind of let him burn his stuff up, but I wanted to stay with him, so I was trying to keep his pace. And uh, when I kind of pushed the issue, he was able to, to pick his up. And, uh, you know, he, him and Mike, uh, they definitely had to dial it in. But um, I definitely felt like I had I had him there in the end of the, like, you know, 25, 30 laps in, 50, 70. I felt like I had the race. Um, I don't know, about 80 laps, 85 laps in, I just – Something didn't feel right with the car, and it was even, you know, right before I got the lead, so it wasn't like, um, you know, I just I had to race really hard to get to get the lead. The car just would not turn. It was so tight to get into the center, and that was something that we haven't had to deal with all weekend, so that was uh, that was real unfortunate. You know, we thought we got it out of it, and to me, the, you know, majority of the race, I'd say three-quarters of the race, we, we, we had a good car. We were turning really good to the center and had tons of drive. Uh, in my opinion, the better car, I was kind of just trying to let the race play out, um, and just didn't work out in my favor. Specifically, the lap 67 restart. You restart on the outside. You get by George. Uh, looked like that kind of helped the car a little bit because you're able to get by him. Caution comes back out. Backs out. George restarts on the outside of you, and gets back by you. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's just it's a it's a race and deal. Uh, I didn't get a good restart. Um, like here, the way, the way the wall comes up so quick there off the corner, um, and that being, you know, the front stretch, it makes makes your starts really tough. And, you know, and like when you're sitting second, third row, you can start in high gear with no issue. But when you're on the front row, you know, you want to make that shift to get that launch. Um, I think that was a mistake on my end. I think I should have started in high gear and kind of rolled into it. Didn't do it, and uh, buzzed my tires up a little bit, and, you know, George didn't, and, uh, you know, he's able to capitalize on that. Yeah. Still not a bad day. We haven't talked to you since the Snowball Derby, so uh, that was the last time we caught up with you. Uh, you had some fun over at the World Series, you know. You, you showed up and kind of had a slow start to your week by your standards, I think you would admit, uh, but you came back. Won the Pro Late Model 100 and then the Orange Blossom 100. Uh, you cleaned up with the Super Late Model at the end of the week. Uh, you had to been pretty happy leaving New Smyrna. Yeah. Um, you know, it was a tough week. I wasn't really expecting to run all week. I initially went up to go help out Jet Motorsports and the other cars that they had um, racing for them. So uh, when I got there, the competition just was pretty good, you know, better than I had seen in previous years, uh, which is really good to see, you know. Um, so I decided to pull the car out and race, and uh, that's what we did. Um, you know, we were off on qualifying, and we usually are. Tonight, you know, wasn't the case. We were able to qualify on the pole, but, um, you know, more often than not, I find myself qualifying, like, around the top 10 uh, or around 10th, and this just that doesn't cut it in those races. Those 35-lap races are too short to make any moves and to have anybody's tires wear out. So. Uh, you know, I had to wait till we got to the longer race, and you know, I felt like I was able to dominate uh, both of those. So I felt really good about that. The more we catch up to you at all these big races, it just seems like, you know, even when I I went over to New Smyrna a few times, uh, 35 lap races is short. That's not your 
your deal, year 100, 200, 400, that's where you thrive. That must make it awful tough on you to make sure you have the car right from lap one, because it's a sprint. Yeah, uh, the biggest problem for me is, and you know, I think that it showed was um, the inverts aren't deep enough, so they let the fast cars start up front, and it's really a follow the leader situation, and um, in my opinion, if they made the inverts a little bit deeper and maybe just made the laps 50 instead of 35, um, it would make the racing a heck of a lot better. Um, you'd see a lot more action. Me, personally, I like to pass cars, so um, when you have to do follow the leader style, it's pretty boring. Um, you know, we just didn't get a good starting spot over there every night, and uh, that's what it come down to. You know, I, I really did used to be good in 35 lap races. That used to be my cup of tea. Uh, I mean, like I won four of them one year. Um, it's just, I've gotten older and I don't know what it is. Reaction time slow down some or what, or I just, I don't, it's tough for me to buzz the tires up. And even though for 10, 15 laps, it might be a little bit faster to be driving out of control. Um, in my head, I just can't do it, you know, because I know in the long run they're gonna they're about to fall off and you're gonna drop like a rock. So, in those 35 lap races, they can kind of go as hard as they want, and, you know, not have too much side effect. Well, we thought we were gonna be able to catch up at Speed Fest. That didn't happen. Uh, what do you guys got on your schedule coming up here in the next, you know, 30 days or so? Uh, we're trying to figure out now um, what to do with next weekend. You know, they have the race over here. Um, and then they had the uh, Alabama, um, the, what is it, Montgomery 200, Alabama 200. The, Rattler. The, the, the race for the fair, the pro race. Oh, Alabama 200. Yeah, yep. yep. Um, so we'll be there uh, or here, and then the Rattler for sure. And um, I'm actually running the pro uh, super and the modified at the Rattler. So it should be, should be fun. How's the Dur late model stuff going? You had any time to play with that? Uh, unfortunately not. Um, you know, it's just been kind of, we don't really get much of an off season and, and trying to get our super late model program. And well, I feel like we are on top. It's just trying to keep it there. You know, we don't want to get too, too uh, complacent and, you know, get comfortable. I feel like that's what happened. Uh, you know, to maybe some of the other big names and, you know, they get complacent and they start to fall off big time like we're starting to see today. So, um, you know, we're going to keep working and keep grinding and we'll uh, we'll hopefully stay on top. We don't have to say who that is because we all know. So, uh, uh, But, man, it's nice catching up with you every once in a while. Uh, congratulations. Nice second place finish tonight. I'm sure we'll see you several times this summer. All right, yeah, thank you. And, Zach, uh, you know, Tyler Roark did not have the run he hoped for in his super late model after an early pit stop. Uh, to try to make adjustments, uh, he would retire early from the event. So uh, then it was on to the Dave Steele Memorial 125 for the non-wing sprint cars. And uh, this thing uh, took a while to get going. I'll tell you what, multiple cautions in the first 35 laps caused a red flag at lap 37, Zach, for fuel. Are you kidding me? At 35 laps, wow. they needed to refuel these cars so they could make it the rest of the way. Uh, following the restart, it was Kyle O'Gara and Cody Sw the Cody Swanson show, to be honest. Uh, th those two would battle over the next 60 laps and really um, an incredible lap after lap battle, almost making contact at times uh, with O'Gara continuing to lead the way. But with 25 to go, Swanson would finally be able to work his way around O'Gara and drive on for his second consecutive Dave Steele Memorial win, and I caught up with Cody to talk about the big win and how his World Series went as well. Cody, it took a while to get this race rolling the first uh, 35, 40 laps. Boy, it, 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 you couldn't really get in the flow. Yeah, I mean, um, this place is tough. It's tricky and hard to get a hold of, and um, these sprint cars aren't that easy to get around. Um, and so... You know, it's, it's tough. It's a big race and, and trying a lot. And the first race kind of back off the winter and um, kind of just circumstance the way the way it played out. But um, luckily, we were able to kind of keep our nose clean for the most part. And, and you know, after we had uh, had a red for a fuel stop and, and some things kind of had, had settled in, uh, we had a long green flag run there and really got to race in uh, really hard. So um, it's uh, great to be back here. Great uh, that Showtime Speedway puts this on and, and everyone that supports it. And to have uh, support of Mac and Carol Steele um, to do a, a race like this in honor of Dave. He was a teammate at one point and uh, and a friend, um, so certainly miss him and um, thankful to, uh, to to be able to participate in a race like this in his honor. 
talk about the battle you had with Kyle O'Gara because that was amazing. It, it seemed like it went on forever, and then finally, about 25 laps to go, uh, you kind of got away from him and kind of ran away. But it, you guys had a battle, it seemed like, for the ages because it was lap after lap. Yeah, I mean, um, <laughs> Kyle's a great racer, and, um, and, and his team, and um, they have a great race car. And um, it was a tough one tonight, you know, and, and I, I think they thought I was being patient, but I was trying really hard for a long time and just couldn't find out a way past. You know, there was a time I'd get in a rhythm and, and felt like I was faster, but, but uh, you know, he's, he's smart, and, he, and he's in the right part of the racetrack. And so you got to be really good to be able to get around somebody um, and go in the wrong lane and do it, or, or you got to have a little bit of luck. And, and maybe, um, you know, I just kept hounding him and trying, and everything I could for so long uh, finally uh, had a moment where, where it stuck. I hit the, I hit the corner right and, uh, and got a good run. Same time, his kind of bobbled a little bit and just gave us a, enough of an opening to try to make it stick. And um, we, like you said, we raced that way hard for a long time, but really clean. And I always appreciate running against Kyle and, uh, and racing through traffic. And, um, man, thankful to, uh, to come out on top. That was definitely a tough one. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you uh, because, you had your first week of uh, late model racing go on a couple weeks ago at, at the World Series. Picked you up a championship there. Um, how'd you like your first week in a late model? How'd that work out for you? Yeah, I mean, I did. It was um, it was great to have the opportunity. And, and really, it started with this race team. You know, Kevin Doran and Doran Racing um, knows Mark Metz, the team, uh, you know, I think kind of team manager and crew chief for Team Platinum. And... Um, you know, they, they kind of got connected. They were in a spot. They might uh, might have needed somebody for the year. Not really sure what direction they were going to go. And I've been trying to get into new things, and Kevin knew that. And um, it was helpful to help make that introduction and kind of get that ball rolling for me. So that was really cool to kind of come full circle and have a great week down there. You know, the, the thing for me is, is I don't have much experience with it. And so to run at late model level, I can learn so many things about, you know, where my right side is, where the bumpers are, how to race in close quarters, because it's just a different style. You know, you can't you can't close two car lengths in a corner just because you want to. You know, you you run those races six inches at a time and really close. And so um, there's a lot for me to learn there, and thankful to do it with uh, with a great race team and a lot of people, uh, Team Platinum there to, to help me uh, get some great experience. And, and I was really thankful to have the success we did in the pro late model. Uh, super late model, we got caught up in a crash on the first night, and uh, never really was the same after that. But And they, they put in a great effort to to fix the car the best we could uh, to help me get more laps and the experience that I was after. So uh, to, to culminate it all with uh, with at least one win in the pro late model, I think three seconds, and to win the series championship right. and our first try together was uh, was really cool. So it was great uh, great February in Florida for me to to do that with them and then to come cap it off uh, here with this Doran Racing team and all the effort they put in to uh, to get us the Showtime Speedway um, and, and what we learned here. Um, you know, for them to make the trip down. Uh, give me a great race car and a chance to do it. Uh, I'm really thankful to be surrounded by, by great people on both fronts. What are you looking at next on your schedule, either in the sprint car or more late model racing? Um, you know, right right now, I mean, it was it was great to, to meet with, uh, with Team Platinum before we came down and, and discuss that maybe we'll run some more late model races together uh, this year. So uh, not sure exactly um, what the schedule will be like in the spring, but I think we're going to get a chance to talk about it. So I'm excited about that. And, um, you know, on the sprint car front, uh, I know I'm, I'm going to run for Doran Racing uh, in, the, in the pavement silver crown uh, and the pavement sprint car races. So I think our next one up is uh, is Winchester. First time silver crown yeah. cars have been there right. uh, on May 9th on Mother's Day. Uh, so hopefully that'll be be a great show. And then uh, I think our next pavement sprint car race is is the little 500 there at Anderson. So uh, looking forward to that and a great summer uh, Lucas Oil Raceway. A bunch of places up around the Midwest and uh, hopefully uh, maybe we can come back to, to Florida uh, next February. Well, congratulations. Uh, you put on a great show tonight. Uh, congratulations. Congratulations on your second straight Dave Steele Memorial win. Yeah, hey, thanks a lot. Thanks for uh, thanks for covering it. Thanks for supporting it. And uh, to everybody for coming out. And Zach, um, Tyler Rourke was not pleased with how his night went in the sprint car either. Uh, after once again pitting early due to an ill-handling race car, Tyler would drive up to third position on a long green flag run, uh, but he wouldn't get any closer than that and faded just a bit at the end to finish fifth. Uh, Tyler debriefed his evening with me afterwards, and this is what the Plymouth, Indiana driver had to say. Caught up with Tyler Roerig, and Tyler, uh, let's take one race at a time. We'll start with the super late model race. Um, car looked okay at the beginning, but ended up being not the car you probably wanted for that race. Yeah, you know, just, man, the track was just weird tonight compared to last night, even if for both cars. But, uh, you know, we ended up, we drove around the guy that uh, finished third in the late model, and we were looking okay there, but uh, the it overheated, motor overheated, so we had to come take tape off. Then we had to go to the tail, and it just 
I don't know, just don't seem like there's no there was like no bottom groove tonight and just just no passing at all really, you know what I mean, other than by virtue of restarts and means that we weren't going anywhere and it was getting getting fairly rough in front of me you know there's no sense in staying out there and putting laps on the motor and potentially putting yourself in a bad position to to tear the car up so that's kind of why we just uh decided to pull off there just trying to save our equipment you know we uh we don't like to work on the direct stuff we like to work on the parts that go faster so yeah that was a that was a bummer so you you jump in a sprint car and looked it, it looked pretty good you dropped up back a couple spots at the beginning then you go back in the pits again to make an adjustment and uh after a couple of pit stops it seemed like you almost had it where you wanted it yeah you know the sprint car we had the same setup as last night last night that thing was on a rail um and uh feature started tonight and it was just uh wicked 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 tight and uh so we pitted trying to change it twice <laughs> we pitted and then uh we ended up getting rolling pretty good on the bottom there, but I think I just killed the right front tire in the process, and by the end of it, we were basically back to where we started, and it just, uh, you know, definitely wasn't my night in either car. It's a night I'd rather forget, but, uh, you know, that's, that's why we do this. I thrive off getting beat, you know, so uh, we'll do our homework and uh, make sure it doesn't happen again. Yep. Still pulled off a top five, though. Uh, ha- had a nice comeback there towards the end of the race. Uh, saw a little contact there. That hurt the car at all towards the end. Uh, I mean, that was my fault mostly, and uh, I don't know if it hurt the car. It, I'm, obviously, it didn't help it, but, uh, you know, I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't tell much difference because we were so bad anyway. So, yeah. like I said, we'll, uh, we'll go home and take everything apart and dissect it and do our homework. You know, I hate running bad like you know so uh yeah we'll have to we got we got some work to do um i mean we learned a lot this weekend especially with the sprint car you know i gotta say that we changed some things over the winter and definitely learned uh how tunable our car is now for different conditions and and whatnot we just got a little too carried away i feel like and uh yeah we'll uh We'll go from there. So anybody back home wants to track you down, see where you're going next, what are you kind of what are you kind of looking at? Um, that is to be determined right now. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, Tyler, thanks for being so accommodating, having me over, and uh, we'll see you when you get back home. And so Zach, uh, not a happy camper. Uh, they'll get things right. You know they will. Um, he will be a threat in the sprint cars and the late models in 2021. So in all, I had a great time at Showtime, Zach, on Saturday. And uh, maybe we'll be able to get back to this event next year. Yeah, man. Sounds like you had a lot uh, lot going on down there at Showtime. A very busy weekend. But, uh, man, I'm excited to watch Cody Swanson come back up here and run. Uh, I've had a chance to talk to him a couple of times. Really talented race car driver. And then, of course, Tyler Roerig, same thing. And uh, we, we know we'll stumble across Stephen Nassie at an event here or there as well. Let's talk about some more local racing. Toledo Flat Rock Speedway update. Officials announced that they will likely have clearance to allow fans at their first event of the season in a post on the Speedway's Facebook page. Officials say the state of Ohio and the Lucas County Health Department have announced a 30% capacity limit for outdoor venues. First event of the 2021 season is Sunday, May 16th, featuring a school bus figure eight race plus late model sportsman factory stocks and a boat figure eight race. And uh, if nothing changes for the uh, worse, according to the Lucas County Health Department and Toledo Speedway, they'll get to open the season with fans in attendance, which is pretty exciting, Rich France. Yeah, Zach, the, that race is scheduled for May 15th, so they have a little bit more time, but uh you know, Ohio's been, uh, as we saw last year, at the end of the season, was a little more liberal. Uh, and Toledo was able to open for four events. Flat Rock was not. We still don't know what's going on with Flat Rock. Uh, the governor in Michigan has not stated what outdoor venues can can do at this time. But at least we know at this time, if nothing changes, Toledo Speedway will open on time. And that'll mean good things, too, for some area racetracks around us. You know, Oakshade had had their battles last year as well, uh, the dirt track down there in Wauseon, Ohio. So hopefully they'll be able to open with some capacity 
uh, as well as that season gets closer. So that is exciting. Let's talk about a Michigan racetrack that has kind of uh, not ruffled some feathers but caught some attention today. Corrigan Oil Speedway officials announced a change to the way races will be structured for the 2021 season. According to their website, divisions at the uh, Mason, Michigan facility will still run heat races but now they'll mean something. Uh, Rich, this isn't new to those of us who frequent the clay-filled air across America, but for some reason, the concept is hard to grasp on pavement. Heat races at the former Spartan Speedway will now help set the starting lineup for the main event. Uh, speaking of the main event, by the way, pay structures were also set today. The Big 8 Outlaw Super Late Model scheduled to pay $300 to start, $2,000 to win. Meanwhile, the Modified Challenge Series will pay $200 to start and $1,000 to win, with Weekly Modifieds racing for $700 to win. So my question to you, Rich, is why is it so hard to either, as a pavement racetrack, scrap heat races or use the format that dirt tracks have been using across America for years where they actually mean something? Oh, boy, Zach, don't make me say this. Don't make me say dirt track guys are smarter than pavement guys, all right? <laughs> all right. Well, I don't know but that that's what it is, but, I mean, there's got to be some sort of logic to this. Yeah, it's, you know, but you go back in the day, Zach, and it was for entertainment. I mean, they even, on pavement, it was, uh, you know, you had a fast car dash, four cars or six cars back in the day. And, um, you know, that was pure the attendant fit purely for entertainment because you had the fast four qualifiers going four laps and you know, it was a cool little race. Did it mean anything? It absolutely meant nothing uh, transferring onto the feature and really either did heat races. I think uh, Tom's onto something here. Um, so, <laughs> so, so we'll see because yes, uh, typically on pavement races, uh, a dash or a heat race doesn't have any effect on how the feature lineup is. Now, the whole process, by the way, will be just like if you pull into your local dirt track, drivers will show up and they will draw a pill. That pill will determine where they start in their heat race and then determine uh, how they finish in their heat race will determine how they line up in the main event. Uh, we've been doing this for years on the dirt track side, and uh, so I I'm looking forward to this starting to creep its way in. Now, don't get me wrong, Rich. Berlin Raceway uses the no heat race rule. You go out there, you qualify, you run, a, you run your first feature, and then uh, a small invert, I believe, is what happens, and then you run your second feature, and everybody goes home before 10 o'clock. Yeah, double features is different. I think Berlin's the only one doing that on a weekly basis. Um, but this should be interesting. I'd like to see how how Tom and Tracy, you know, how, how they come up with, how are they transferring out of the heat races? Is it, uh, and then are they going to do a redraw for the feature so you don't have just your heat race winners starting on the front row? That may not be good for your heat races because that doesn't put on a show. Well, so I guess... So I guess we'll have to see the specifics of how that works down all the way to the feature. Well, let me tell you what it says in their rule book as of right now. So no qualifying for any class. Pony stock ABC will be determined by practice time. So you'll draw a pill for your heat race. Lineup will be determined by the pill draw. The lowest number drawn starts P1 and heat one. Second lowest P1, heat two. Top four cars transfer to the A main, Rich France. The top three finishers in each heat race will redraw for A main starting positions. Positions fifth and back will run the last chance showdowns. Uh, those will be 15 laps, top seven cars to the A main, and the field lineup will be set based off of heat race, non-transfer, and so forth. So the highest finishing non-transfer driver, by the way, in division points will be eligible for a provision. They must attempt the LCQ. So there you go. Uh, top three to the redraw, top five to the show, just the way we like it. Dirt racing on pavement, Zach, you can't beat it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you what, uh, a gentleman who's going to see plenty of racing this year, and Rich, maybe even will make some of those changes that we just talked about, but it's going to be on the other side of the state. It's our pleasure to welcome in a guy that a lot of folks know from around the state of Michigan, and they also know him nationally for his work with the Motor Racing Network. It's our pleasure to welcome in Jeff Striegel to the program tonight. Jeff, thanks for being on. Absolutely, Zach. How are you? And I know, I, I know... You and I are here in the great state of Michigan. Now, Rich, on the other hand, didn't you say, Zach, he was vacationing somewhere way south? Yeah, you guys just crossed paths, I think. He's down there hanging out by the beach and uh, drinking martinis and just having a grand old yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, we probably did pass, Rich. So uh, good to be back with you, and hopefully we won't you know, keep you away from the martini bar too long tonight. No, Jeff, you know, the, the funny thing about it is last year when we talked, uh, you really 
didn't have anything going on because we didn't know what was going on. Um, this time, a little bit different, extremely busy for you. Um, talk about how that's been going. Well, and I appreciate that, Rich. You know, what a difference a year makes. And we said that, you know, a year ago, what a difference a year made at that point. Um, you know, I, I guess the nice thing is where we are today is that we are back and we are working. And I'm referring to NASCAR with the Motor Racing Network. You know, we had the downtime, NASCAR, everybody knows this by now. But, you know, NASCAR was able to get the schedule in get it completed on time. The championship run went off as scheduled, even before the pandemic. And we kicked off 2021 in the same fashion that we closed out 2020 with the Daytona 500 going off on time. Now we're off and running. And of course, you know, I think the reason the three of us are going to chat tonight is the Berlin raceway. I was honored to be asked to be a part of that team. And I accepted that opportunity in December and I've been working hard with everybody over there trying to get ready for what we hope to be. Doors open in April, and let's go short track racing here, not only on the west side, but throughout the state of Michigan. So, and that's what I was going to get to, you know, if you weren't busy enough, you take on the yeah. general manager's position at, at Berlin. By the way, congratulations. Um Thank you. Did you need something else to do or is there more no. behind this? And tell me how about this, how this all came about. Well, there's nothing behind it. And, and I didn't need, you know, anything to do. <laughs> I was perfectly content with being semi-retired. You know, I, I had worked the motor racing network and Gordon food service side by side for 21 years, leaving Gordon's and going on the road and getting off the road and changing in my car and going back to GFS. So, when I retired from there uh, three and a half years ago, I was perfectly content to take my summers off. But I think you both know uh, I have a passion for that track. I grew up there, and I share the story that, you know, I remember my dad taking me there in the mid-'70s and seeing John Sr., John Benson Sr. race and Randy Sweet and all of the great names that paved the way for all of the drivers we enjoy watching today. And I've owned cars over there. I've been able to consult over there. Uh, I did the PA right after the legendary John Shipman. In fact, I'll credit him, you know, the late, great John Shipman for giving me an opportunity to hold a microphone in my hand. So you fast forward to a phone call that Mike Bursley had reached out, and, and we've talked before, and he said, listen, here's what I'm planning to do. I have a hole to fill. I have a need that, that needs to be taken care of. Are you interested in, in stepping in? And I said, yes, but it has to be where I'm working around the motor racing network. And I'm not going to lie to you, Zach and Rich, that's going to be a delicate balance, but I'm prepared to take that on. So, you know, one of the things I think that people are most interested in, and, and we've gone through this in local radio, we go through this all the time with big corporations, when there's somebody new at the helm, everybody wants to know, all right, what sort of changes are we going to have to deal with? And, uh, Jeff, I think it's intriguing with your vast knowledge of the sport and with your history of Berlin Raceway, I think anything that's changed is, is going to be for the better of the racetrack. But what sort of things do you have in mind right now before the season gets started? Well, I appreciate that, first of all. Uh, we're going to work very hard, and the focus that we have right now is on the spectator. Uh, we, you know, when I came in already at the end of December, you're not going to change rules and you're not going to change schedules because that all that stuff was pretty much out. I don't think it needed to be changed anyway. So what we are going to put a focus on is trying to make sure that when a customer walks through the gate at the Berlin Raceway, that they are entertained to a greater detail today than what we've done in the past. And we're making a lot of strides. Now I'm going to tell you that I'm not prepared to let a lot out of the bag. Maybe in two or three weeks, I'd be happy to talk about them when they become public. Sure. But I can tell you that we're doing a lot of things. And here's just an example. We hired a food service manager, um, not, you know, not somebody that, you know, has been in a kitchen for 20 minutes. We hired a food <laughs> service professional to oversee all of our food service operations. 
think about that from a short track standpoint and how many tracks can raise their hand and say, I have that. Somebody who actually is highly qualified, probably over, well overqualified, to handle everything from concessions. And here's the thing I want to do. I don't want to see lines at our concession stand. Uh, I want to move people quickly to our concession stands. And when they do, I want them to be served a quality product. We're going to add satellite locations around the facility to help to expedite food, getting it to the, you know, getting it to the customer's hands. Example would be if all somebody wants is a hot dog and let's, let's face it, that's the number one item at any concession <laughs> stand at any racetrack in America. Yep. And if all you want is a hot dog, then you can go right here to the satellite location Get a hot dog, get back in your seat. It's going to take you a matter of a minute or two. And we're going to do that with beer um, beer troughs located around the facility. Now, if you want to have mixed drinks or you want to feed the family a full menu, then you're going to use the concession stand or the lounge. So that's just an example of what we're going to do. And we're going to continue to try to do more and more. I think real quickly, and and both of you guys are familiar with this, we made the announcement uh, a while ago that we were going to open the gates early on Saturday during the months of April and May in order to accommodate better weather and getting people out and on the road quicker if they wanted to get home because they've just been outside in the cold too long. So four o'clock, we're going to start on April the 17th and we will hold that four o'clock start time all the way until we get to Memorial Day, where we'll push our start time back, run Memorial Day weekend with fireworks, and then we're also doing a um, a post race party. And I'll have more details on that. That is something that we're we're pretty we're pretty big on right now. We're putting a lot of focus on some things that we're doing on the concourse. And I think when we make this announcement. We're going to see something in this short track, you know, like in the state of Michigan. I know you guys are heavily involved uh, all over the place. But I think there's going to be some things that we're going to introduce there that that are not being done currently at, at other venues. So those, you know, that's just the tip of the iceberg, Zach. And, and I wish I could get into more detail, but we got to we got to keep it undercover at least for another couple weeks. Understand for sure. Again, talking with Jeff Striegel, the new general manager at Berlin Raceway, and uh, there's so much I want to unpack here in so little time. So I'm going to start with this as yeah. a as a fan and as a race car driver. One of the things that we saw that is uh, probably comforting for them is uh, the Nick and Nick show are returning and staying at Berlin Raceway. Of course, that being Nick Masman, yeah. Nick Rice, two people that uh, they've come to know and love out there at Berlin. Uh, talk about the work that, that Nick Mesman does for you and for that racetrack on, on the racing side of things, how important he is. He's very important. He's been with, uh, he's beginning his seventh year at the Berlin Raceway. He is, you know, what people don't recognize is the fact that he was actually hired to handle our accounting, you know, the bookkeeping that oh, no needs kidding. to be done, payroll, NASCAR sanctions, all of that type of thing. But he also happens to be a tremendous scorer. So he will be Mike Bursley. So let's just add Mike into this mix real quickly. Mm-hmm. Mike will be taking on a role now as race director, and that will be Mike's only role. He has been busy doing so many different things since he started. Now he will be the race director at his side on Saturday night will be Nick Messman. That is a tremendous race director and good scoring. So we're good there. Nick Rice takes on a little different role in 2021 as not only sales and marketing where he has been before, but he is really in charge of our entire fan experience. So everything from the ticket price to what they see, how we market it. I want to know what the customer is saying when they leave our facility. Um, Did they have a good experience? If they didn't, what was it? What was not the right experience? So that's going to be Nick's role. And then I know you guys are probably going to transition to our new hires, and I'll, I'll let you, you know, lead into that. 
Well, absolutely. And, and, and Rich, I know you've got some things that you're eager to talk about, but I want to make sure we stay, stay on track here um, because, yes, the new hires are exciting as well. And, and my gosh, uh, you know, it, it all comes together to make this, this rock star team that you guys are going to have out there at Berlin. Uh, and, and you guys aren't done either. I mean, you're still looking for a couple of people to help uh, in a post that was just put out today. Um, you guys are really trying to build a great team out there. I look at it this way. I can't be there every Saturday night. You guys know that. And so the only way that I think I can succeed is to build a tremendous team. That was the goal coming in. Uh, shortly after I took the role, I hired a gal by the name of Jen Wachter, who comes from uh, the west side of the state over here, has a tremendous background in hospitality and event coordination. That's exactly the role she's going to fill for us. And then we hired uh, Darren Ball as our food service manager. All of our concession leads are coming back. Uh, a majority of our team is coming back. But what we do want to do is open our doors to say, if you want to be a part of the Berlin Raceway in some fashion or another, we'd like to talk to you. I mean, we'd be foolish not to hear from good people who want to be a part of a good team. And that's what we're doing right now, just trying to fill in all the last holes, get everybody in position to have a very good 2021. And, and, you know, Jeff, um, you know, my thing is what I noticed. Um, and I have a question about is the outlaw late models. You guys have now yeah. have a relationship with the Birch run, uh, entertainment center, speedway, whatever they want to call it, uh, and reveal the hammer. How important is that to you to bring outlaws outlaw late models back to the Ber Berlin raceway? And they may have been born in Toledo. They may have been, you know, started down in Columbus. I don't know. But I think we all recognize that, you know, home for the outlaws for years and years and years was Berlin Raceway. And the crowd still wants to see them. And I'm glad they're still there and that they still want to come to Berlin Raceway. The thing that we that we worked very diligently on with, with Birch Run, and it was a great collaboration, uh, was we thought, okay, how can we make, this four race program better and so we put some money up for for drivers willing to take on all four races uh, they're all scheduled for 100 laps two of them at berlin two of them at birch run um, we put up a point fund fund rather for our top three point getters for those four races so the whole idea was if we're going to do this let's try to do it right we recognize that, you know, they run Flat Rock. You know that, Rich. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they run Spartan. They run Springport. And not always do they want to get out and explore Berlin Raceway for a multitude of different reasons. We want those drivers. We, we open a door. We open our arms. We welcome them. And hopefully with the idea of running in all four events and giving them a little extra added incentive, We'll see a big field at Berlin, and we'll see a big field at Birch Run. And, you know, like we said, and, and it's probably pretty good, Jeff, because, you know, the ARCA Gold Cup Series technically is no longer. Um, they still have big events that occur at the Flat Rock and Toledo Speedway. But um, yeah. the Outlaw Late Models, this is a new event. The main, main event series for now is gone. Um, is this a good thing for late models because – they didn't have a whole lot going and that division was going by the wayside. Well, and Rich, I'll tell you the thing that we, we had to do was we pulled up flat rock Toledo Springport and looked at, at your schedule. I'm going to say yours cause you're, you know, as everybody knows you're knee deep, you're, you're entrenched in those two facilities, two great facilities. And we thought the only way that we can pull this off is to make sure that we're not going head to head with you. That's not what we want to do. I do think that one of our three dates uh, has a conflict with one of the tracks, and I'm not sure exactly which one maybe you do. But, um, you know, there were plenty of dates out there where two of those three tracks that we just mentioned were running outlaw late models. Well, it made no sense for us to try to put a good money show i'm not gonna say it's a big money show but a good money show against uh tracks that hold the outlaws on a week in and week out basis or bi-weekly our intent was certainly not to you know ruffle feathers but just win the opening 
became available on the schedule to be able to say, all right, if you're not at Springport, if you're not at uh, Toledo, if you're not at Flat Rock, we're going to run something in Berlin and we'd love to have you. And, and obviously later on, we want to do the same thing at Birch Run. So hopefully it's, it's a, a good deal for any driver with an outlaw late model in and around the Great Lakes and certainly the state of Michigan. You know, at, at our base, uh, Jeff Striegel and, of course, Zach Heiser-Rich France, we are race fans. Uh, we've all had our turn behind the wheel as well. But you look at the weekly program, Budweiser Super Late Models cover, or uh, model cover all limited late models, Coors Light Sportsman, Auto Value Four Cylinders, great weekly lineup. But, Jeff, when you expand on that schedule, um, Auto Value Bumper to Bumper Super Sprints, National Compact Touring Series, Reveal the Hammer as Rich Shed, uh, ARCA CRA Super Series, JEG CRA All-Stars Tour, of course, the Arca Menard Series. Holy smokes. <laughs> Berlin Raceway is going to be a host to some stellar events this year. Can't wait to open the gates entirely. You know that? I mean, we all, everybody, everybody in this state, in my opinion, has a schedule they can be proud of because they've got drivers that show up that want to race. They've got loyal fans in their backyard that want to see racing. We all know that. And hopefully it won't be too long before we can all go, hey, our gates are wide open. We'll take as many people that want to come watch as, as, that show up. Uh, we're pretty proud of the schedule. There's no doubt about that, Zach. Um, obviously, the return of the Arkham Menard Series on July 17th. Uh, we expect to see Ty Gibbs, Sam Mayer, and I'll tell you something, and you guys know this, we are going to see some drivers at Berlin that will be at the Xfinity. I'm going to stop short of the Cup Series. We know Ty Gibbs is headed, or, uh, Ty Gibbs is headed there, mm -hmm. but there are some guys that, that are headed there. Uh, trucks, absolutely, hands down, no doubt. Uh, Xfinity Series, more than likely, and there's going to be a cup series driver or two that, you know, future that, that will be on display. Uh, we're going to see two non-wing shows with the sprint cars. Uh, we're going to see them put the wings on once. We already talked about the outlaw series. Kenny Wallace will be with us on May the 1st. And then we'll have a post-race party after. That's going to kick off at 7.30, the post-race party. Can you imagine? Wait a minute. You're and doing a post-race party with Kenny Wallace? <laughs> that's what I was going to say. Maybe the two of you need to figure out a way to come on over to Berlin on that day because Kenny Wallace and a post-race party, hang on. Oh, man. It's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, man. This, is this going to rival yeah. anything that goes on at Talladega, or are you going to have to keep it? I mean, the fairground's going to make you stay, <laughs> keep it keep it reined in. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to have, uh, you know, we're not going to have a Talladega experience. Uh, unfortunately, right. on the concourse, probably not a good idea. Yeah. But you know what? We're going to have fun, and Kenny will be here. He's going to drive um, one of Nick DeLompre's limited late models. He's actually building a second car, a Seneca car. And it will be ready for Kenny when he gets here. So we should have, you know, we should have 20 cars close. I don't know that we're going to get quite to 20 right out of the box, but that is a class that is growing and hopefully it will continue to grow. Now, Jeff, uh, today there was an announcement um, from Flat Rock and Toledo Speedway officials, just because I know that, that, uh, <laughs> Toledo is going to be allowed 30% capacity to, to start the season. Flat Rock, unknown at this time. No announcement has been made. You guys have any association with your health department to know what you're going to be able to start with and when? No, um, but I can tell you this, that we talked to our Ottawa, Ottawa County Health Department representative about every other week, uh, we expect to reach out and talk to her again next week. We all in the state of Michigan hang on everything that Governor Whitmer says publicly. I'm, I'm hopeful. I think we, I think we all are at every level, every industry, every organization that we're moving in the right direction. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I mean, she made the comment a few, I guess it was a week or two ago that she wanted everybody back in school. That's a step in the right direction. We're slowly but surely seeing the restaurants uh, get more ground and get more people in their facility. That's a step in the right direction. But officially, no, we don't know. And here's the challenge. Even if we did know exactly, 
we all know that it could change within a matter of a week or 10 days. And knowing that we're still a month and a half out, um, you know, all we can do is hope for the best. But And I feel like we're going to be there to some degree. I like what you just said about Toledo. That's huge. And hopefully all of us in the state can follow suit, if not go even further. Jeff Striegel, as we get ready to wrap up here, I want to talk to you as uh, somebody who it it feels like, and I'm not trying to make you put any press releases out or anything, but it feels like is is trying to make his bed to come back home uh, when when he's ready to be done with the uh, traveling. What would you say to to maybe the fans who are listening going, oh boy, here we go, we've got a NASCAR guy taking over our track. Granted, Berlin's been a NASCAR home track for a long time, but now there may be some fans, Jeff, that look at this and go, man, Jeff Striegel, the big guy with MRN, what's going to happen to my racetrack? What would you say to those fans to get them, you know, everybody should be excited to go racing this year after what we dealt with last year, but what would you say to get those fans in those seats this year? What are we going to look for? Come back in through the, the come in through the back gate, and it won't be but about uh, 25 steps inside the gate. You're going to see differences. Uh, you're going to see differences not only in the people and the way you're treated when you arrive at the facility, but you're also going to see some things instantly when you walk onto the property. And and I all do is I'm just going to tease you with this. I like it. We are we are really thank you. We are really banking on this post race party. Mm. All right. So on um, April 17th at about 7.30 at night, when that final checkered flag goes in the air, uh, we're going to say the racing is over. The party has just begun. We're going to have happy hour prices. We're going to have food specials. And we're going to have to find a place to host that party. And that's your teaser. And that's something <laughs> that you're going to see the second you walk through that back gate. I love it. So, and, and there's going to be pictures. There's going to be an announcement. Uh, we'll be able to showcase something that we are working very, very hard on. And I think, you know, hopefully a race fan doesn't put me in any category, good, bad, or otherwise. All I'm going to try to do, Zach and Rich, and I think you know me well enough to know, I'm going to try to make the track better today than it was yesterday. It wasn't bad yesterday. It's still one of the best tracks in the country. But there are areas of opportunity that we can improve on. We all agree with that. We've all made notes and did the whole whiteboard thing. And now it's time to start to execute some of those, knowing that it's a marathon, not a sprint. Can't get everything done by April 17th. But there's a lot of things that we're going to do over the course of this year and even leading into next year. Well, Jeff, I know my best-case scenario, my first day that I have to work is May 1st, so please put me down for a wristband on April 17th, (laughs) and I will come out there, and we are going to cover that event one way or another. Uh, Let's touch base. Uh, We want you here. want everybody here, so we'd be uh, honored to have the two of you guys come out, see the track, and you know what? I'm going to tell you right now, one of the things that I learned from the folks that run the Michigan International Speedway, when you call and ask to talk to Rick Brenner, now I'm not encouraging everybody to pick up the phone and ask to you know, talk to the president <laughs> of Michigan International Speedway uh, because he probably couldn't field all those calls. But he does take calls. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I want to try to do and I want the entire staff to do is if we have somebody who has a, an idea, a thought, a suggestion, they didn't have a good experience, Pick up the phone and let us know what it is. We cannot fix things if we don't know what took place. So I, you know, I, I'd encourage the good, the bad, and the ugly, because that's the only way we're going to be able to continue to grow and improve day in and day out. Jeff Striegel, the new general manager at Berlin Raceway. You can find out more, and you can get your preseason tickets uh, available now at berlinraceway.com. Find more on Facebook and Twitter, Berlin Raceway. April 17th, season opener with that special new start time with the gates opening at 2 and racing at 4 o'clock. Jeff, uh, thank you so much for joining us tonight, and good luck with this year. Thanks, Zach. I appreciate it. Rich, enjoy your vacation, and we'll catch up with you two guys, if not before, hopefully, hopefully on April 17th. But thanks for having me on. You got it, my friend. We'll see you then. Well, our thanks to Jeff for making time out of his busy schedule. Uh, He was able to get home in time for the show tonight. We can't say that about our other 
uh, mid-Florida resident for the time being. But I do want to say... Oh, man. Don't give me a hard time. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff made it all the way from Miami and home in time to do the show, Rich. Come on now. Um, I do want to uh, give a shout-out to our Sprint Car guys. It's getting hot and heavy in the HPH Best Driver Challenge presented by Nefco. Uh, we've officially ruffled some feathers. We've uh, got some fans involved. And I told you this was going to happen as the bracket started closing in. Uh, this was going to get important. So, uh, man, what a big matchup uh, that at the time of this recording, Rich, I'm not comfortable saying who's going to win um, because you never know with these things uh, with a comeback victory, maybe on the heels. So uh, at, at the time of this program, I'm not going to tell you who wins. So go and look on the Horsepower Happenings Facebook page. It's Steve Irwin versus Dustin Daggett, and everybody knows the history and the uh, squaring off between those two. Now, I will say this. It looks like unless a miracle comes through that Dustin Daggett's going to move on. But I don't want to be the one to say it. And then people say, oh, my God, Steve Irwin came back with this many votes. Okay, so that's fine. <laughs> uh, so that's going on. It's going to be great. We're uh, getting down to the nitty-gritty in that HPH Best Driver Challenge presented by Nefco. Check it out only on the Horsepower Happenings Facebook page. Actual racing, Rich France, coming up very soon. Uh, first thing I want to talk about, though, is a very important event, Racing for Miracles. This is typically held inside Shepherd's Indoor Go-Kart Park, of course, because of COVID-19 restrictions. That can't happen this year, so they're moving it to the iRacing platform. It'll be uh, tour mods on a fixed setup at New Smyrna Speedway. That's coming up this Saturday, March 6th. There is real hard life. Uh, cold hard cash on the line victory custom trailers on board with this um, as well as uh, several other organizations and groups this will be a broadcast event and uh, money raised rich will go to the hurley's children's hospital as it has for the past three years the uh, racing for miracles organization has raised over ten thousand dollars in those three years for that great organization so looking forward to the iRacing event coming up this saturday yeah zach I'm, you know it's no secret i'm i'm not an a giant iRacing fan, but I am for anything that raises money for charity. Um, anything they can do, uh, you know, to help the kids, I am all on board with it. So if anybody can support this, anybody can support this Racing for Miracles, please do so. Um, it's a good thing for all involved. Now, we mentioned it in our show a little bit earlier with your interview with Stephen Nassie coming up also this Saturday is the Alabama 200 at Montgomery Motor Speedway. Uh, that's a little bit of ways from home, but you never know who will show up down there. Uh, we do know Carson Hosevar is planning on going to the Rattler in a couple of weeks, so uh, does he drop in? Probably not, but you never know what other sort of late model drivers will just pop in there. Yeah, uh, Garcia, it, Jake Garcia is the uh, pre last year's winner of the Alabama 200. He started his season off really good. So he's looking to go back to back. We'll have to see, you know, um, and we don't know that, that Steven's going to go there. He's, he's trying to judge it next week, uh, next Saturday night here at Showtime, still $10,000 to win, uh, 100 laps. He may want to come back here and go after that. He finished, uh, you know, second this weekend. So we'll have to see what he does. Uh, but it's but it's all in his court, and uh, it's that Alabama 200 should be a really really good field. You know he does know Showtime Speedway well enough to uh, make it worth his time to go and try and take the money. Here's here's something, Rich. Here we go. Bristol Dirt Nats, where a lot of Michigan drivers are planning on going. Count them two weeks from Saturday. Bristol Dirt Nats will be underway, which also means the Indiana Icebreaker at Brownstown Speedway with the Lucas Oil Late Metal Dirt Series. Two weeks from Saturday. And that means that the Thaw Brawl from LaSalle Speedway is three weeks from Saturday as we get even closer to racing in our region. And uh, I'm excited. We're, we're ready to go, and hopefully we can get on the ground running. Well, what I am excited about, Zach, is, you know, as you, you know, announced in the Motor City Minute, um, I'm going to be working my way back towards Michigan on Saturday. Does that mean that I can or cannot stop at Smoky Mountain Speedway? Hey. That is, that is still scheduled for Saturday. Um, I don't have to be back to work till Monday. There you go. So, so maybe, maybe Rich France will be on the property if it is uh, still a go at Smoky Mountain Speedway. How about How would that? would like that? That'd be pretty sweet, man. Uh, that would be some fun racing down there for sure. Well, I tell you what, we got to bail out of this thing. Uh, it has been our pleasure to chat with Jeff Striegel tonight. What, you got one more thing? You're going to raise yeah. a toast, got to get your fruit intake in? Yeah. No, 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 the fruit's good. Um, 
I, I wanted to say, you know, we finally worked out a deal and, we, and we'll get all the details coming up here over the next month or so. But uh, Michigan Motorsports Hall of Famer Gary Lindahl has agreed to come uh, be part of Mo- Horsepower Happenings. And he is, if you remember back to the, uh, to the Mark Times days, he did his, he did, his did You Know quizzes uh, by Gary Lindahl. And he would give, you know, he would give you the uh, five questions. And then in the next issue of Mark Times, he would give you the answers. Well, once a month, we're going to do that here on Horsepower Happenings. And Gary's going to come on and he's going to do the questions himself. And then Zach and I, a week later, will reveal the answers. We'll get all the time dates and worked out when we start that. It looks like it's probably going to be uh, the beginning of the race season when we'll get that rolling. But uh, it's really nice to have a Hall of Famer part of the program, Zach. Yeah, looking forward to that for sure. Going to be nice to get Gary on as uh, more than just a guest, as somebody who uh, kind of adds a little meat and potatoes to the program. So that'll be exciting for sure. We appreciate Gary joining on. And uh, with that, we appreciate Jeff Striegel making time for us tonight. Excited to get out to Berlin Raceway and see what's going on. For Scott Menlin, who pays the bills for Horsepower Happenings. For Rich France, who drinks the margaritas, I'm Zach Heiser. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. And we'll talk to you same time, same place next week right here, Horsepower Happenings. You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. Catch up on past episodes by logging on to horsepowerhappenings.com. And be sure to tune in next week to keep up on what's happening.